You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Happy Cinco de Mayo. And welcome into Crunch Time right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Matt Miguez here. The game hotline is 337-706-0111 as we're broadcasting live from the FCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. FCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. The Louisiana Raging Cajuns softball team has won another regular season title. We'll recap that game, talk about what that title means to the program. We'll look at the rest of their weekend. We'll also talk about two colossal baseball series for our local teams, both of them taking place on the road as Louisiana travels to Monroe to play the Warhawks. And the Tigers are in Auburn, Alabama to play the Auburn Tigers. We'll preview both of those series and a whole lot more. Once again, the game hotline is 337-706-0111. Oh, and by the way, LSU women's basketball got another top-tiered recruit. Anisha Morrow, the six-foot-one forward from DePaul University. She was listed as the number two player in the transfer portal behind Haley Van Lith. And they are now both LSU Tigers. So, and listen to this starting five, potential starting five, very quickly. Flage Johnson, Haley Van Lith, Michaela Williams, the top high school player in the country, Angel Reese, the best basketball player in America, and Anisha Morrow. Yikes. Good luck, rest of women's college basketball. You, you will need it because that group is just downright filthy. Whew. James Mesh, producer and co-host, how are you, sir? I'm doing absolutely fine on this Cinco de Mayo Friday. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing very well. Feeling very... Festive? Festive, yes. You know, I, I am of Spanish descent, so celebrating my heritage, if you will. Might go eat me a taco for dinner, who knows. Let's go to the game hotline now. Frank, what's going on, man? Boys, how y'all doing today? Oh, absolutely fantastic, sir. What you got? All right, I got a question for you. If Steph Curry wins another championship, does he move into the top ten of all-time greats? Yes. I agree. Yes. The dude can shoot, man. The dude, the dude is lights out. It's, it's, uh, it, it's, hard, it's hard to argue that he's not already there. Yes, it is. But you, you've had so many uh, in the past. Um, you, it, it's hard to stack NBA greats because there's, I mean, argue what you want. Uh, to me, Michael Jordan is the greatest. Uh, there's a, to, It's a tie for number two between Kareem and Larry Bird. Uh, but I, I've, I've seen them both play, and these were in much different times uh, where fouls were only called if you got knocked out in the game. So... I mean, it's. I think Steph Curry. I, I watched him play last night. The boy can shoot. I'm, oh, I mean, he's he's the greatest shooter. Crazy. He's the greatest shooter in NBA history. There's no question. No question. Hands down, the boy can shoot. I mean, you, you put him anywhere on the floor, he's knocking it down. If you give him an open look, forget about it. You might as well turn around. 
Agreed. Agreed. All right. Next question. Yep. All right. Greatest touchdown you've ever witnessed. Oh. Is it in person or like just in general? In general. Via TV, stadium, wherever you saw it from. Greatest touchdown you've ever witnessed. Oh, man. Now, I got two of them. I got two of them. They, they both tied for first. Uh, one's NFL, one's college. I'm sure everybody knows the NFL one. Is it is uh, it the catch? Anybody who listens to this show knows the college one. Is is the NFL one the catch? No. Really? Okay. Go ahead, go ahead and tell me yours while, while I think about mine. All right. The NFL is Tracy Porter. Oh, okay. The Super Bowl. Absolutely. 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 That's hands down. That's, that's when fair. he was running toward that's, the goal line with his finger up in the air. That was it. That's, that was done that's very. That was, that that's was very fair. One in the NFL. That's very fair. Okay. What about college? Uh, college. College got to be Leonard Fournette when he destroyed that cornerback and turned him into a little boy, a little girl on the field against uh, he, Auburn. He ran toward the toward the goal line, looking down at his feet. Just trying to rub that dude off on the turf. That that it was amazing. Lady yeah, Fournette that was that cornerback. It that, was awesome. That that was the game in Tiger Stadium when Leonard Fournette wasn't allowed to go back to Auburn because he was facing eight counts of murder. Uh, no, I don't think it was Auburn. Oh, oh no, it was the Ole Miss game, wasn't it? Yes, Ole the Ole Miss. Miss. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tried to come up and hit him. And Leonard Fournette was like, "Yep, yeah, go, yeah, on, yeah, let's do it." I remember that. And now. he destroyed him. Yeah, you know, if if I had to give a best touchdown NFL, I I hate to agree with you, Frank, but I mean, how, how do you beat the Saints winning a Super Bowl? You can't. So I mean, that's, I'm that's a, the greatest touchdown, to, in my opinion, I've ever seen. And then college, I'm actually going to go with the. Demetrius uh, Demetrius Bird catch against Auburn back in 08. That was, oh, that was good. The, the the game-winning touchdown for LSU against Auburn. That 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 would be probably what I would go with. That's not bad. All right, NFL, let's go. Hit it. Tracy Porter, Super Bowl. All right. Life is easy. Y'all have a good one, boys. Appreciate you, Frank. Yeah, I mean, th- that's actually a good conversation, especially in college. There's so many to pick from. I mean, part of me wanted to say the Alabama national champ, the game-winning pass in, in overtime when Tua hit Devontae Smith on that 50-something yard touchdown pass in overtime that won them the game. Um, or I like, in, I like in the, the fourth quarter, wasn't overtime. I liked that Auburn one. Oh, yeah, the, the it, LSU we're, no, Auburn versus Alabama. Oh, the kick Tip. six. That one, too. Yeah. Which one are you talking about? I'm thinking about the one where it bounces off the Alabama oh, defender, yeah. and yeah, it goes yeah, right yeah. into the Auburn guy's hands, yep. and he just runs straight. I was like, that's true. That was beautiful. That's true. But no, the the kick six probably, to me, because I, when I watched that live, I'm like, oh my God, did he really just do that? Yeah. Did he really just do that? I, I kind of forgot about the kick six. Because I, I think at that point, now. I don't think I had, outside of... LSU beating Alabama and like I think Johnny Manziel beating him in 012 I was like those are the only two times I remember seeing Alabama lose so seeing them lose in that fashion I was like oh this is beautiful oh Johnny Johnny Manziel beating Alabama was I think a beauty oh yeah 
That was that was absolutely. I was like, I'm not a Johnny Manziel fan, but like, I was like, t- today I can live with you. That was that was a masterclass. But anyways, so Anisha Morrow now commits to LSU, giving Kim Mulkey an absolutely scary lineup. But the story of the day for me has got to be the Louisiana Raging Cajuns capturing their 19th Sun Belt title in 22 years. If that isn't dominance, I'm really not sure what is. You have 24 consecutive seasons of 40-plus wins. Because that's the magic number in college baseball or college softball. Whatever way you win 40 games and you're a damn good team. You've won 40 games 24 straight years? Excuse me, what? Jerry Glasgow has been here six years now. And he has four consecutive regular season titles. This team is special. And there's tons of young talent on this team, which probably makes it even more special. Because here's the thing, James. In college softball, it is a well-known fact that you need, you really just need one pitcher to win. You would like to have two, ideally. You need one. One for sure, and then having two that you can rely on in a pinch. The Cajuns have three. Mm -hmm. Potentially four if you count Carly Heath. I mean, you look at these pitching numbers. Megan Shorman has started 21 games this season. She has a 14-6 record with a 1.82 ERA. She's pitched 119 innings and has 139 strikeouts. She's only given up 43 runs. 31 of them have been earned. And then you look at Sam Landry. She started 24 games, has a record of 15-4, and four, a 2.21 ERA, and 117 innings. She has 120 strikeouts. She's given up 52 runs. 37 of them have been earned. Now, you look at the strikeout numbers for this pitching staff. Lamb, Shorman, Landry, Heath, Riaceto, and Oob. 398 strikeouts. Their opponents this season... On average, 160. From an average standpoint, you are outstriking out your opponents combined by over 200 strikeouts. Once again, if that isn't dominance, I'm not really sure what is. Jerry Glasgow has something incredibly special going on. Laney Crater has come out of nowhere as of late, to be an absolute superstar hitting 393 on the season. Maya Davis is a true freshman hitting 385 with 43 stolen bases. Lauren Allred has 11 home runs on the year. Alexa Langliers has 11 home runs on the year. Carly Heath, your pitching outfielder hitting machine, because that's what she is. She just does softball. She stays some ill. She has 13 home runs. On the season. 36 RBIs. She doesn't even play full-time because she also pitches. This softball team has the potential to do 
some incredible things. They have 13 losses on the season. But if you look at them, it's a one-run loss to Michigan. You got beat by Oklahoma State. You got run ruled by Oklahoma State. You had a one-run loss to number four, Arkansas. You had a one-run loss to number two, UCLA. You got run ruled by Florida State. You get a top 25 win over UCF. You get a top 25 win over LSU. You beat Ole Miss. You beat Rutgers twice. You beat Florida. You beat Mercer. And then once you got into the conference, well, you know, that that that's when things got really entertaining. You were 20 and 2 in the Sun Belt. James, could this team, in your opinion, make the Women's College World Series in Oklahoma City? I think they have a good chance. I think with how young and how talented the squad is, I think they have a good chance of win- going to it. I don't think they'll win. I think if we see them win, it would be in 2024. The Sunbelt Conference Tournament is next week. They still have a game tonight against ULM and then tomorrow at noon. But then next weekend, the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, like I mentioned, is here in Lafayette, May 10th through the 13th. As it stands now, I would be incredibly surprised if they don't host a regional the weekend after, May 19th through the 21st. I would I would be very surprised. Um, last I checked, they were ninth in the RPI. And no team, in recent years, no team in the top 10 has not hosted. It's never happened in, in recent memory. So... Again, right now they're 10. I still think that's enough for them to host with the strength of schedule that they possess. Now, probably a low seed, probably 14, 15, maybe even a 16, which would pair them up from a super regional standpoint with Oklahoma, UCLA, Stanford, potentially Oklahoma State. I don't like their odds in a two out of three series in against any of those teams. But, man, if this team can win a regional and make a super, that's a huge step in the right direction from, from them struggling to get out of a regional the last four or five years. Uh, they haven't made the World Series since 2014. So if they could crack that seal, that would be absolutely incredible. But, man, 19 titles in 22 years is just insane. So congrats to Jerry Glasgow and the Raging Cajun softball team on winning yet another conference title. Again, we'll come back and we'll talk about LSU and the Cajuns from a baseball perspective. Let's get a preview of the ULM Warhawks with Dusty Thibodeau of Warhawk Report next. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you tired of your boring man cave? Well, if you are, the game 1037 Lafayette on 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with the ultimate man cave makeover built by Lafayette Marble and Granite. Sign up today in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to win a new recliner from Borderlands Furniture, a flat screen TV from AVI, and more. It's the Ultimate Man Cave Makeover, powered by Lafayette Marble and Granite and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. This is Crunch Time, live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, 
Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. 421 on your Friday. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, the game hotline. 337-706-0111. Louisiana Rage and Cajuns are up in Funroe, Louisiana for a three-game series with the Warhawks at Lou Sanima Field. First pitch tonight between the Cajuns and the Warhawks is at 6 o'clock, 4 o'clock tomorrow, and then 1 o'clock on Sunday. Joining us to talk about this series and the season thus far for the Warhawks is our good friend Dusty Thibodeau from Warhawk Report. Dusty, what's going on, man? How are you? Oh, just enjoying the, the Drinko de Mayo day, isn't that right? Absolutely. So, look, when we're looking at the Warhawks, 16-29 and 29 on the season, they're 5-15 and 15 in the Sunbelt Conference. Just kind of recap the season uh, for, for our listeners so far with just the struggles that Warhawk, the Warhawks have had to face. Yeah, early on, it's been definitely a head-scratcher. You start off with a 7-0 win against Bradley to kick off the season. You're like, okay, I know it's Bradley, but you know, we got a pretty good team. We were, were kind of seeing the fruits of all the recruiting labors and everything else. Uh, you get a midweek win against Mississippi State in Stark Vegas, but then you wind up getting into conference play, and, and it's really just been a show, for lack of a better term, that we can say on the air uh, since then. You know, uh, usually they're, they've been competitive in the Friday night game across the board. Won a couple of those, lost most of them. But then Saturday, you know, they've, they've gotten drummed by some football scores there when they were at Arkansas State as well as at Georgia Southern, where Georgia Southern put up the second most runs in NCAA history with 35. Luckily, the Warhawks went for two and had eight to show on their side. But, yeah, it's it's been a brutal second half of the season as Sunbelt Conference action started. And you know as well as I do, Sunbelt Conference baseball is no joke. you, you got to be ready to play every weekend. Yeah, you know, you talked about the the struggles. They they lost eight of their first nine Sun Belt games. You know, when when you look at it, has it been are are there injuries that ULM's going through, or or has it just been a, a bad draw in twenty twenty three? I think it's been a little bit of everything. I, I think really we've seen some injuries be a part of it. I think that also we have such a young team. Um, maybe not necessarily, you know, saying they're all freshmen or things like that, but guys that just haven't really played high-level collegiate baseball to have situational awareness, to be able to know how to do the little things that you have to do to be able to play that maybe you didn't have to do because you were a better athlete when you were in high school or playing, um, you know, any of the PG leagues, anything like that. So I think that we've really just seen that, that this team kind of got exposed that they have a bunch of athletes that just don't know baseball. Now, when you look at the batting statistics, Sean Dalton Weatherby is the leader with a 286 average, five home runs, 20 RBIs. Kay DuPont with 26 RBIs, and then the RBI leader is Riley Davis with 27. Uh, just kind of talk about some of the guys that stand out in the batting order and who Cajuns fans should get acclimated with for this weekend. Yeah, Weatherby is definitely uh, the, the leading guy there, leading on on-base percentage, batting average hits. More importantly, and we got we got to pull for him collectively as a league there, he's fourth nationally in hit-by-pitches, so surely that's got to be some kind of notoriety for the Sunbelt Conference if, if we can uh, see him uh, rise to the, the top there of the standings. Uh, I think the other big thing, freshman uh, Cardell Thibodeau, no relation to me, of course, but I do love the kid. 
uh, really looked good out in left field. Had his struggles as a true freshman coming in, but he's a guy to really keep an eye on this weekend and going forward in Sunbelt Conference action. And then from a pitching standpoint, Dusty, talk about Cam Barlow, a guy that's been around for a while, having a having a pretty strong season uh, with a 5.24 ERA. He's got 46 strikeouts on the year as well. And then, of course, a kid that transferred to Monroe from Louisiana in Chipper Menard. Yeah, Chipper Menard's really got a, a few more innings there in Monroe compared to what he had down in Lafayette. A guy that's really been pretty sure there as a, kind of a middle reliever, long reliever, however you want to look at it. Kay DuPont obviously doing good, just a bad luck. I swear, every time he's on the mound, the Warhawks just cannot get a hit in order to try to get some run production to help him out. Um, and, and just frustrating to see a good season that he's having just not really show up in the statistical categories. Chatting with Dusty Thibodeau from Warhawk Report. You know, looking at this series this weekend, what are you expecting from the Warhawks as they host the Cajuns? I think tonight's the night. I think tonight is uh, Friday night when the Warhawks have usually been their best. Uh, Warhawks are going to make it competitive. I won't necessarily say they'll win it, but they will lose it in dramatic fashion if they are going to lose it. Um, and same thing, they'll win it in dramatic fashion as well. I think the Cajuns, though, return back south down I-49 with a pair of conference wins and one loss. Dusty Thibodeau joining us here on the game hotline. Dusty, appreciate you as always. Uh, enjoy the series this weekend. And uh, when football season rolls around, we'll talk to you again. Sounds great. Thank you very much. And there he goes, Dusty Thibodeau of Warhawk Report. Let's take a look at some top stories in sports. Last night with the NBA playoffs, we talked about the Warriors picking up a big win. We'll continue that conversation here in our next segment with Tyler Batiste from The Athletic. We talked about Auburn baseball there in the news for a football perspective after picking up Michigan State starting quarterback Peyton Thorne in the transfer portal, uh, which is a huge move for them. It's going to create competition between Thorne and Robbie Ashford. But, James, yesterday we, we talked about Alabama's baseball coach getting fired. And when I was talking with Jacob Goins, I had brought up the term lack of institutional control because that's what the NCAA likes to use when they pass down punishments to fellow schools. They used it when Wade got fired from LSU. Let's look at the University of Alabama just over the last couple of months. Okay, You had the Darius Miles situation. You had a player charged with murder. Two other players were at the scene. Uh, you had a recruited athlete that was charged with drug charges and a gun charge. You had a staff member of your university charged with domestic violence. And then now your baseball coach gets fired for fixing games. When recapping all of that, at what point do you label that as a lack of institutional control? I mean, you would probably say if they do, if something else pops up with something like that for them in the next couple of months, then yeah. But I, I can't see with Nick Saban. I can't see with the football program something like that slipping up. No, he, run, he runs too tight of a shit for that to happen. 
and and I agree. Nick Nick Saban has very rarely had had his issues, but from a from an athletic director standpoint, I don't know Greg Byrne from Adam. I don't even know what type of athletic director he is. I know their football team wins titles and their basketball team was good. Great. But at what point do you look at the guy and say, hey, buddy, you see all these people that you hired? Get it together. At what point does that not become a conversation? I'm not, I'm not wishing that a guy gets fired, but it's kind of like the Dan Snyder thing. Like, bro, you got to go. Something's got to give here. And it starts with you. Because, you know, one thing is is a freak, you know, a a freak's instance. Two things, eh, okay. By by that third incident, you probably needed to be like, okay, let's shore some things up real quick. And then you didn't. And now, and now your baseball coach is, is fired for throwing games. They accused Bohannon of throwing games. Look, I have no ill will towards Alabama. I don't like them, but I don't have any ill will towards them. But at some point, that has to be labeled as a lack of institutional control. Get it together in Tuscaloosa before the NCAA does. Oh, wait, that was a good joke. The NCAA is never going to get it together, right? That's always the running joke. Anyways, 431, we'll take a timeout here. We return. Tyler Batiste, the managing editor of The Athletic, will join us. We'll talk about the NBA playoffs and what to expect from tonight's Game 3 between the Celtics and Sixers right here on the game. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. FanDuel is the only sportsbook app where you can bet the Kentucky Derby, and it's happening tomorrow, dude. And right now, all customers can get a no-sweat derby bet up to $20. That means you'll get up to $20 back if your win bet doesn't win. I'm going to take Confidence Game, who went from 30-1 to 1 odds to now 20-1 to 1 odds to win after four of the ra- other horses have been scratched from the race. FanDuel's got great promotions every single day. The app is safe and secure, and then you're going to get paid instantly when your bet hits. So bet America's number one race this Saturday, tomorrow, with America's number one sportsbook. Just visit racing.fanduel.com slash KLWB for your chance at a no-sweat derby bet up to $20 tomorrow for the Kentucky Derby. That's racing.fanduel.com slash KLWB. You must be 21 and older and reside in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. Offer valid on first derby win wager. Verified FanDuel racing account is required. Refunds are issued as non-withdrawable racing site credit that expired June 12th, 2023. Restrictions apply. See terms at racing.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on its Gordon. He'll look up at the goner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back. 437, Matt Miguez, James Mesh, broadcasting from the FCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. 
As a reminder, LSU baseball is in Auburn to play the Tigers tonight. First pitch set for six. Pre-game's at 5.30, and you can hear it right here on the game. Meanwhile, the NBA playoffs going on. Game threes tonight for a pair of incredible series. First at 6.30, the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers. And then at 9 o'clock tonight, the Denver Nuggets will look to take a 3-0 lead on the Phoenix Suns. Tyler Batiste, the managing editor of the Athletic NBA, joins us on the game hotline. Tyler, what's going on, my man? How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Oh, absolutely fantastic on this Good. Cinco de Mayo. So let, let's start with, with Boston and Philly. You know, this series, we knew when it lined up that, that this was going to be an entertaining one. And game one was, was a close game, a, a four-point win for the Sixers. And then game two was just a completely different basketball game. The Celtics rolling one twenty one to eighty seven. Uh, what, what do you what are you thinking about tonight with game three? You know, I think about this series. It's like in my mind, it hasn't even really started yet, right? Uh, I mean, the first game, obviously, Joel and B didn't play. James Harden, you know, stepped into a time machine and and and, and took it back to two thousand sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. James Harden. And then the second game, Embiid was obviously rusty, um, obviously not anything close to 100%, and that's not to say that he's going to be 100% when the teams face each other tonight, but you have to assume that he's going to be, um, his timing and, and, and his uh, stamina and everything like that is going to be a little bit better than it was a couple of days ago. So in my mind, it seems like it's sort of a best-of-five series now in Philly, you know, of course, has the home court with, with games three, four, and six um, going to be played in Philadelphia. So... Um, I'm really curious to see kind of what happens game three because I feel like this is going to be the game that is um, should be sort of a blueprint for how the rest of the series goes. Uh, Philly has not played well with Joel Embiid against Boston, and it's kind of ironic that you know they 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 stole game one without him just because of the way that they played with him throughout the rest of the season. But I'm sure you um, nobody. Excuse me. Nobody pulling for Philly or nobody in that organization is is saying they'd rather face the Celtics without the MVP. Now, when you look at this series, you brought up James Harden going back to his old self. How often can we expect that in in this series between the Sixers and Celtics? I mean, I think I I really think Harden is capable of doing it whenever he feels the need that he has to. Um, and he sort of said that throughout the you know in post game interviews, kind of saying you know I, I'm capable of doing this. It's just a matter of. You know, this team is sort of built around Joel Embiid, and, and my job is to make sure that he gets the ball and other folks get the ball in the positions um, that they need to, to be in to be successful. Harden knows that he can go out there and get 40 if he needs to. Maybe he can't do it every game, um, but, you know, he can do it more often than not. He still has that ability. I think if the Sixers are playing that way as they did in game one with Joel Embiid, where James Harden is doing a lot of isolation, a lot of step-back threes, a lot of one-on-one, and trying to get you know 35, 40 points, I don't think that's a formula um, for success for the 76ers. There's a, there's a reason that Joel Embiid is the MVP this year. Um, and, and also, if Harden is playing like that, then Joel Embiid is not somebody who's going to be involved in the offense if the ball is not going through. You know, he's a, he's a decent passer for a big man, but it's not like he's coming around running off of screens or, or distracting defenders. So um, you have to hope that Harden, if you're a Sixers fan, can pick and choose his spots when it comes to to scoring, but his his priority as it's been all season has, has got to be to get Embiid the ball and, and and set up the team for success. 
when when you talk about the Celtics, you know they're a team that for most of the year we viewed as the top team in the East and maybe one of the top right. teams in the NBA. But as of late, James likes to use the term that the Celtics like to play with their food and yeah. just kind of play around, and, and sometimes it comes back to bite them. Uh, you've seen that from Boston so far? You know, uh, yes and no. I, don't, I'm, I think I've seen that. I'm not sure if it's in, intentional. Um, you know, maybe it is, but you you got to remember they're going through this playoff run with a different coach than they had last season. Obviously, Joe Mazzula was on the staff, but it's a lot uh, different situation when you're the, the guy in charge as opposed to one of the assistant coaches. Um, I'm sure Boston or nobody with the Celtics would ever admit this, but I, I can't imagine that they, you know, did not notice that Milwaukee's gotten knocked out and, and thought, okay, we're clearly, you know, rightly or wrongly, they're thinking that they're the best team left in the East and that, you know, if they uh, if they even get their food, I don't know if they have to play with it, but as long as they eat, that, that they should be in the NBA Finals. So um, that part of that is human nature. Um, uh, they're going to have two of the best players on the court anytime they step on the court with Tatum and Brown. Um, so I, I think Game Three is going to be, as I mentioned, kind of a real, um, uh, a real test to see kind of which of these teams, uh, you know, going forward is is kind of the, the alpha dog here. I think it's going to be really exciting. Hopefully, it's more exciting than Game Two um, because that was obviously a, a blowout that I think I might have stopped paying attention to in the third quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get to the other game tonight, Denver and, and Phoenix. Let's go back to last night and talk about Golden State taking down the Lakers 127 to 100. You want to talk about somebody stepping into a time machine. How good was Klay Thompson last night? Yeah, extremely, extremely. I mean, I think he's uh, he's flashed, uh, you know, different times since he's come back from his injuries that he's still capable of doing that. His offensive game, um, he can still reach those heights. I think defensively he might be maybe a step or two slower than he used to be before the, the Achilles and the knee injuries, but he's he's somebody who – who can get hot at the drop of a dime and, and, and just kind of, uh, you know, carry that team with Steph Curry proving that he doesn't have to score 50 points to, to be successful the way that he was kind of distributing the, the basketball. I think that series is really interesting because, um, be, whatever the reasons were, the counter with Steve Kerr going to Jermichael Green instead of, uh, Kavon Looney, it'll be interesting to see if that's something that continues. Um, if, if that strategy works, if Anthony Davis is playing, like Anthony Davis can play, or if he plays like he played in game two, it seems like he's kind of taken every other day off um, in, in the playoffs. So that game three is going to be really, really interesting as well to see how Darvin Ham counters. Uh, but, man, Clay Thompson is is still uh, one of the most fun players to watch in the league when he's rolling. Chatting with Tyler Batiste from The Athletic. Now, talking about the Warriors again, uh, a game like this, you've seen it in the past, a win like this in the playoffs to even the series has propelled the Warriors at times to go on a little bit of a run. Uh, Could you see that happening in this series, or is the playoff experience of LeBron James just going to be too much? No, I mean, I think I I absolutely can, because as as much playoff experience as LeBron James has, you know, Steph and Clay and, and Draymond just have just as as much, if not more, if you if you combine it all together. Um, I think going back to what I mentioned, the way that Steve Kerr kind of started to Michael Green in place of Looney um, seems to be because Kevon Looney was sick. I think the Warriors just have um, more potential wild cards and, and different lineup combinations that they can they can throw at the Lakers if they need to make a change. You know, the Lakers starting lineup seems to be pretty set. Their rotation seems to be pretty set with Schroeder, Hachimura. Um, and whoever back is, is backing up Anthony Davis usually winning Gabriel. But you look at the Warriors; they can they can plug into Michael Green as they did last night. 
Maybe there's a game where Dante DiVincenzo, you know, plays 30 minutes a night. They've got Jonathan Kaminga and, and Moses Moody, um, who can come in and give them, you know, a solid 15 or 20 minutes. Maybe they start Jordan Poole over Andrew Wiggins or something like that. They just have so many different lineup combinations that I think Steve Kerr and company can counter um, the Lakers with that it might be difficult for the Lakers to, to, to do the same. I don't think any Lakers fans out there, you know, are going to be you know, clamoring for Malik Beasley or, or Troy Bound Jr. to be kind of inserted into the starting lineup. Those guys just don't have the level of talent that Golden State has on its bench. So um, that'll be an interesting series. It's, it's funny that it kind of came to be because a lot of people were talking in the playoffs that, hey, maybe the Lakers or Warriors are going to play in the second round, but that would require two upsets, and we got them. And I'm sure the NBA is happy to have a LeBron versus Steph uh, playoff series. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. And then the other Western Conference semifinal, the Nuggets and Suns. Nuggets looking to go up 3-0, but they're going to have to do it in Phoenix. Uh, you know, Phoenix obviously has star power with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, but they're without the engine, if you will, in Chris Paul. Uh, how, how badly do you think that hurts Phoenix, even though they're at home? Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. I mean, a groin injury um, is a tough thing to come back from if you're 24. Um, and Chris Paul turns 38 tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that is not an easy injury to come back from. Even when he does come back, he's if he comes back, he's going to be a step slow, and it's certainly not something with groins and hamstrings, as you all know, that you can come back from uh, You know, early. It's not so much a pain tolerance thing because you're dealing with you know, some tissue and some muscle, and it's not just kind of gutting through the pain. Uh, it's going to be difficult. I've been really impressed with how well Denver has played, even with, uh, you know, when Chris Paul was out there, the the the, the, the cohesiveness that the Nuggets have, have, have played with in the playoffs. I really think they probably have a pretty big tip on their shoulder because of some of the things we already talked about, people saying, oh, the Lakers are healthy now, and maybe they can make a run, and the Warriors are the defending champions, and maybe they can make a run, and Phoenix has – Kevin Durant, and maybe they can make a run. And there's a reason that the Nuggets were the number one seed. They had the best record throughout the regular season, even though they took their foot off the gas a little bit toward the end. So they're kind of playing with a little bit of a, probably feel a little bit of a sense of disrespect with everybody talking about the other three teams in the West and no one talking about, you know, the team that finished with the best record. So it's going to be really difficult for Phoenix to win, you know, four out of five games. Even if Chris Paul was playing, it's going to be even harder if he's, uh, if he's unavailable. Tyler Batiste, the managing editor for the Athletic NBA, joining me here on Crunch Time. Give me picks tonight, Tyler. Who wins? Who wins the two games? Oh, I'll go. Uh, I'll go Denver. I'll go both road teams. I'll go Denver. Uh, you know what? I'll go Philly and Denver. Philly and Denver. All right. I'm gonna go Boston. I'll, I'll, I'll I'm gonna go Boston and Denver. For, for one. But uh, yeah, I mean that that. that first game between the Celtics and Sixers is going to be a great one. Tyler, appreciate your time. Enjoy the weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, thanks for having me. And there he goes, Tyler Batiste, managing editor of The Athletic NBA. Uh, Quick heads up, if you were traveling southbound on I-49 near Opelousas, there is an accident near the Judson Walsh Drive exit that is causing a major backup. Again, I-49 southbound. If you're heading back into Lafayette from Opelousas, just account some extra time for for your travels because you are probably going to be a little bit backed up. We'll take a time out, wrap up hour number one right after this. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
Austin's on the air from our sister station, News Talk 98.5, is hosting Downtown Alive tonight. Join all of us from Delta Media Corporation at Downtown Alive tonight for Nathan Williams and the Zydeco Cha-Chas, followed by Little Nathan and the Zydeco Big Timers. Gates open from Park International at 5 p.m. tonight. A recent survey said that game listeners prefer our station than filing their taxes. Take that, taxes. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles as we're broadcasting live from the EFCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. EFCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. Don't forget to vote on the poll question of the day. Who do you think is now the NBA favorites to win the championship? Do you think it's the Denver Nuggets, Boston Celtics, Philadelphia 76ers, or do you think it's someone else that's still alive? Of course, I'm going to go with my Boston Celtics. But what do you say, Matt? I'm going to go Celtics too. You're going Celtics too? Yeah. I just, to me, when you look at the other teams, it just feels like they have everything put together. And I just, I feel like fate is kind of on their side. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think they make a run in, in this series. That's fair. Another thing that we've talked about so far in this first hour, we've talked about the Cajun softball team. Yeah. They got a big win last night against ULM, and now out of 19 of the last 22 seasons, they've won and gotten the regular season championship. Yeah, I mean, just absolute dominance um, from the Cajuns. I mean, we've talked about it all the time. I remember in 2020, right before COVID shut them down, I mean, there was talks within the fan base that, that that team was built to win a national championship. And obviously, they, they got robbed of that with, with COVID. But this team, I'm, I'm not going to say that this team is prepared to win a national championship. But what I will say is I could very well see this team going to Oklahoma City. And if that's the case, that experience for next year and even the year after with how young your team is, is going to be incredible for for this group. Absolutely. And then looking at a couple of things going on, the transfer portal. You got women's basketball for LSU. They get Anisha Morrow mm-hmm. making an absolute stud of a starting five. Yeah, which is just a huge get for Kim Mulkey. But right. are, are, are you surprised? No, not at all. And I mean, we had mentioned that earlier, but then – for the Cajun side, for men's basketball, they picked up a Juco transfer in Blake Butler from East Mississippi Community College. Yeah, Blake Butler's a, a really good guard, stands at six foot five. Um, he, he was a first region, first all region, first team all region 23. Uh, he, he led East Mississippi to a 21 and six record last year. He averaged 20 points a game, had 12 games with 20 or more points. Uh, He's just a great scorer, a top 20 Juco prospect. He's going to fill a need for the Cajuns just as an outside shooter and just a scoring threat that that Bob Marlin's going to need in 2023. Right. He's got a hell of a nickname, Blizz. Blizz. Blake Blake Blizz Blizz Butler. Butler. It's great. 
It's great. Um, and th this is the second signee of the offseason. Uh, Blake Butler is going to do a lot of good things for Bob Marlin's offense, uh, a two-time all-region selection at East Mississippi, like I mentioned. Um, in hour number two, short hour number two, due to LSU baseball, uh, 5 o'clock, Jake Crane's going to join us for Jake's Takes. And then at 5.15, we'll come back, we'll preview LSU-Auburn, give, give you the things that we're looking for and where we think that series is going to go. Plus, we'll talk about the big matchups for the weekend. Hour number one, just about in the books. Again, Evco Development Studios. Evco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. Also, while we're talking about the Raging Cajuns, the softball game tomorrow, originally scheduled for 2 o'clock, has been pushed up two hours to noon due to weather concerns in the area tomorrow afternoon. So once again, senior day from Lampson Park is now at 12 noon rather than 2 o'clock. And also, continuing the topic of the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, congrats to Theo Sliman and the Raging Cajuns golf team. We talked about it the other day. They've been selected to participate in the Norman Regional uh, with LSU as well. For fourth conference title in school history and the first since 2007. It's also their first regional appearance since 2012. So congrats and good luck to the Louisiana Raging Cajuns golf team. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two, we're going to kick it off with Jake Crane next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home. For the LSU Tigers and the World Series champions, Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two of Crunch Times here on the game, Southwest Louisiana sports station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. The game hotline is 337-706-0111 as we're broadcasting live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. Evco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multi family construction in our number one we talked about the raging cajun softball team winning their 19th conference title in 22 seasons and previewed the rest of their weekend as they host ulm for senior weekend before the conference tournament comes to lafayette next week we also talked about lsu baseball getting set to play auburn this afternoon pregame in a little less than half an hour right here on the game and we also talked about the NBA playoffs with our guy Tyler Batiste of The Athletic. Here in hour number two, we're going to preview from our own perspectives LSU and Auburn and do Jake's takes with our guy Jake Crane right now. Jake, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Uh, doing great, man. It's Friday. I'm, I'm doing just all right. Now let's start. You know, obviously you're an Auburn guy, and we're an LSU affiliate over here in Lafayette. So let's start with the LSU Auburn baseball series. What are you expecting this weekend at Plainsman Park? A lot of runs. We can't pitch. Um, like, look, if LSU goes and plays good, Auburn's Auburn's gonna have to win these games like ten to eight. Like, I, I don't see. I mean, it's baseball. Who really knows? But I, I don't see. You know, if Auburn has a chance. Going, uh, you know, winning the game four to three. LSU's just just got too much of the plate. Uh, you know, we know how talented the pitching staff is and, and really can be. But look, it's in Auburn. We know crazy things happen in Auburn, man. Especially against LSU. It's it's so funny that you said the score ten to eight. I, I did a radio interview on ESPN one hundred six seven in Auburn about two hours ago, 
and was literally asked kind of the same question, you know, what's the expectation? And I was like, man, you know, both of these offenses can put up runs. I wouldn't be surprised if every game was 9-7-10-8. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to look like the old school gorilla ball. Let, let, let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this, though. I'm starting to really wonder, like, did, did they start changing the bat? Or, like, something like, you remember when it went to BB Core and, like, nobody could hit a home run? Now I'm, I'm looking across the country. And it's just, it's like I'm watching, and I don't dislike it, but right, right. it's like I'm watching the old gorilla ball day. I think, I think the baseballs are juiced. Look, I, uh, if the players can't get juiced, juice the baseballs. I love it. Let's yeah, do it. I, I, th- I think it's a baseball thing more than it's a bat thing. But, yeah, there's definitely been more home runs this year than there have been o- over the last couple of years. You know, staying on the topic of baseball, the, the Houston Astros, 16 and 15, so far on the year, they're tra- they're beginning a nine-game road trip tonight with a division rival in, in Seattle. I-, I know it's early, and I know there's still a lot of baseball to play, but d- do you think Astros fans maybe should be concerned with, with the start that they've had? Uh, you know, I, I know why. Look, I- the Astros, I think, started out like 9-7 and seven or something like that for the last three years, but you had a different roster. You know, we know Verlander was there. It's, it's a little bit different this year. But, look, Altuve's out. I'm not worried about the Houston Astros. Like, I think Houston's going to be fine. Uh, the, the roster, while it is different, is, is very talented. And, and that's the best part about playing 875 regular season games in Major League Baseball. you got time to be able to figure it out. I think when Jose gets back, they'll start getting in their flow a little bit again. And then – Let's talk about your Atlanta Braves. Twenty-two and ten so far on the season. I mean, they they've been hot to start. Look, I'm not trying to come on here and jinx anything, but man, I, I like the way we're looking, and we're still beat up. We're still, and if Ozuna starts hitting the way he's been the last couple games, then then we're really starting to cook a little bit. Look, we all know the NL East runs through Atlanta. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if you saw Atlanta and Houston again at the end of the day. But I'll tell you right now. I don't care what anybody says about who they've played. We're 32 games in, and the Rays are 26-6. and six. So uh, it's looking like the Rays are the big dogs of the AL already. There is a long way to go. But when it comes down to Atlanta, I mean, you talk about a, a young, talented roster. I mean, it, I know Alabama's ran the divi- – or uh, Atlanta and Alabama, really, have ran the division, um, you know, for it seems like the last 20 years. But I don't see them slowing down. I mean, I, I love – put it on a pillow and smother me to death with it. I love it. Let's go to the NBA now. Let's start with Game 3 between the Sixers and Celtics tonight. Joel Embiid, league MVP, finally. Uh, James Harden in Game 1 went into a time machine and went back about five years. What are you expecting in Game 3 tonight now now that it's in the city of brotherly love? Uh, Fireworks. Fireworks. I mean, now that Joel's back, I mean, they went to Boston – uh, got the one they needed. It's funny, they won the game without Joel Embiid and lost the one with him. Now, I know he only played 27 minutes, but it's going to be tough for Boston to go into Philly uh, and win this game. But I want to say something. Like, Jason Tatum's an unbelievable basketball player. Unbelievable basketball player, especially during the regular season. But when it comes down to crunch time, Jalen Brown's their alpha dog. Uh-huh, if you haven't figured that out by now, like, I mean, this, it, it is what it is. So, if if Jalen's cooking, Jason's going to score 25, something like that. But when it comes down to the last five, six minutes of the game and it's close, it's going to turn into Jalen Brown versus Joel Embiid and James Harden. That's what it's going to turn into. And I just – I like the Sixers. You look at the East right now with the way it's going, man. Uh, I mean, you win this one, you're either playing the Heat or the Knicks. The Bucks are gone. They just fired their coach, which, which I think's nuts. 
but I do like the Sixers tonight. No pun intended with with the crunch time joke, right? Oh uh, yeah, not at all. Yeah, not at all. And then the other NBA game, you know, the the Suns and and Nuggets. The Suns, look, I, I know they're back in Phoenix tonight, but without Chris Paul, I just feel like they're lost out there, man. And, and look, Kevin Durant. You can argue he's one of the greatest players to ever play. Devin Booker is an incredibly talented shooting guard. But again, without that court general leader in Chris Paul, they're struggling. Well, I mean, even with Chris Paul, they they were struggling. That's true, too. And and remember, I I came on here last time we talked about this. I said I don't believe in the Suns because they're a finesse jump-shooting team. That's what they are. And when the shots aren't falling – they, they struggle to score, but their biggest problem is they can't stop anybody. The Clippers scored 100 points in every game at least and played most of the series without Kawhi and all of it without Paul George. They're not physical. That's what they are. They're like they're Charmin Ultra Soft, and in that case, less is more. So I don't, expect, I don't know if they're going to win one of these games. And look, the Nuggets, they're the, the most underdog one seed I've ever seen because they haven't showed it in the, in the playoffs. Well, Jamal Murray's healthy. Aaron Gordon brings a physical presence to that mm-hmm. team, a bully mentality to that team, because Jokic is an unbelievable player. He's an average defensive player for his size. He's not overtly physical, but the Nuggets are more physical than the Suns are. The Suns are soft, and that's just the truth. Chatting with Jake Crane, host of Crane & Company, here for Jake's Takes each and every Friday. Now, tomorrow is the what they call the, the most exciting two minutes in all sports the run for the roses it's the 149th kentucky derby they've, they've been under some scrutiny over churchill downs this week four horses have had to been put down now there's an investigation and o- over the last 24 to 48 hours you've had four horses scratch out from the race what the heck's going on i don't know man did they get the vaccine i mean that's that's my first question second question is when you like, here's what I don't understand. My fiance is in the horse world. She's, she's in, she doesn't do the race and she does the jumping. And I just don't understand. Like, y'all just got to put them down. Y'all just got to, y'all just got to kill them. Like, yeah, you, I just, I don't understand that. But something's up. Something's weird. Uh, and when it comes to the horse world, this would not be the first time because there's a lot of insurance money that gets paid out for these horses. I mean, there's a Netflix documentary you know, on about how bad right. it got for a stretch there. So uh, it could be a lot of things, man. Now, staying on the topic of the Kentucky Derby, who's who's your pick for this weekend? Oh gosh, Zach. Um, or not Zach? Sorry, Matt. Hold on, I was on with Zach earlier. Man, I to be honest with you, I would I would just totally be guessing. But I, it seems to me like I, last year I called uh, uh, the horse that won. Um, but this year, man, I don't want to give anybody bad advice. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not like a horse connoisseur. But if I had to pick one, you know, give, give me a second to think about it. Give me a second to think about it. Let's move on. Now, okay, so let's look at, you know, again with the NBA. Last night, the, the Warriors were able to take down the Lakers. And when, when you look at that game, the thing that really stood out to me, Jake, was when the Warriors need a win outside of a couple of instances in their playoff career, but when they need a win, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson find a way to deliver it for them. And Klay Thompson, we talked about James Harden stepping into a time machine. Klay Thompson did the exact same thing last night. 
Yeah, and I'm going to go ahead and take Mandarin Hero at 20 to 1. I just, I don't know, the spidey senses are tingling that. I, I love, uh, you know, I don't speak Mandarin, but, you know, I love Chinese food. So uh, go Mandarin Hero. Look, I, I tell you what, and we know that Steph and is a superstar. It's one of the greatest, the greatest shooter of all time, in my opinion. We know about LeBron, but see, I, I look at it in a different way. Because when you look at the numbers, there's a very interesting nugget in there. In the first game, Draymond Green had four assists and I think three rebounds, something like that. Steph, you know, went, they scored, him and Clay, Clay went off. Steph, you know, had a good game. But in game two, Draymond Green had nine assists and 11 rebounds. So I, so I got in the lab, put some liquid paper on a B. It died, but I got my answer. When, when Draymond Green gets at least seven rebounds and seven assists, the Warriors are like 246 and 35. When he gets under that, it drops off dramatically. And everybody's going to focus on Stephen Clay and LeBron and Anthony Davis. And they should. But this series, to me, because I know Steph's going to cook. I know Clay's going to cook. I know LeBron's going to cook. It's going to come down to who can play better between Anthony Davis and Draymond Green. Because when Anthony Davis plays at his highest level, to me, he's the best player on the court. I think he's the best for all around, if we're looking at all around. But Draymond in game two was all over him like Lizzo on a cupcake. So if he's able to play defense tight on him and he's able to facilitate and get rebounds, I'm talking about Draymond, I think this series is going seven, and I think those two guys are going to determine who wins it. As we wrap up with Jake Crane, Jake, what are your, what are you watching this weekend? What bets are you making? Man, I'm watching a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, obviously we got the NBA playoffs. Uh, I, I do like the Lakers to win this series, though. So if you want to put a little future in now on the Lakers, take them. You know, when it comes to MLB, guys, I'm, I'm on this nerfy train right now. No run, first innings. Find you a great pitcher that is on the road, not at home, on the road. Because most times the nerfies, the no run, first innings, you give it up in the, t- you give it up in the bottom of the first because the, the home team gets out there, they do their business in the top, and they come home and get hot in the bottom. But if you have a dominant pitcher on the road that's going out there in that first inning, I'm telling you, find you a nerfy with a good pitcher on the road and bet that. Now, when it comes to NHL, I tell you what, man, I think the Devils are going to lose tonight, but I would take them at home this weekend. Uh, and I feel like the Nuggets are going to sweep the Suns. A big one I'm on tonight, give me the Nuggets money line, give me the 76ers money line, and that's going off at plus 414. Jake, you talked about the no-run innings, and my friend told me the other day he's in our Dynasty Football League. He had mentioned, like, lately he's been doing a lot of just just counted as no runs for each inning, not even just the first. He's doing it for most of the innings in general. He's like, my success rate's been pretty solid so far. So Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying, so you're saying there's going to be more innings where a run isn't scored than is by either team? Like he, I think he almost does it to where it's like he just kind of does each mm-hmm. inning by itself and is like, no run scored for this one. No runs for this one, and it's like obviously well, I, not every single one. It. I believe it. I saw something the other day. This guy goes into a sports book and bets every MLB game to be tied in the third inning, and he just rakes in the money. <laughs> oh my god, that's genius! Just found a fin- oh, I know. Like I'm just waiting for him to walk by a chalkboard with some math problem that nobody understands and just figure it out and then leave. <laughs> Jake Crane, host of Crane and Company, joining us for Jake's takes. Jake, appreciate you as always, my man. Enjoy the weekend, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Always, guys. Mandarin Hero. You see what that sign says? It says believe. I'll holler at y'all next week. Oh, a Ted Lasso reference. I like that. Jake Crane, host of Crane and Company. Mandarin Hero. Hmm. We'll see. I'm still feeling confidence game. I've also kind of developed an attachment to Angel of Empire.
uh, Michael Baychok yesterday may have may have convinced me. Um, I, I don't I don't know. So we'll talk about the Derby. He spoke some magic words for you. Right, right. We'll talk about the Derby. We'll also preview the Astros, Tigers, Cajuns, and the McNeese Cowboys. Coming up next. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game has a brand new app, and it is your one-stop shop for all things Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Download the free mobile app today for Apple or Android devices by searching the game Southwest Louisiana. That way, no matter where you are, you can listen to the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time 520. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. James, one thing we haven't gotten to talk about today, real quickly... What are your Cinco de Mayo plans, and then what are your weekend plans? So for Cinco de Mayo, after I'm done with everything here, I am going to my cousin's cocktail party. Ooh. Since most of us down here, he got married in New York a couple weeks ago. Okay. Uh, most of us weren't able to go. Right. So kind of, I guess to kind of make up for it, we're doing a cocktail party. Solid. What about the weekend? And for the weekend, I mentioned Dynasty last segment with Jake. But our dynasty football draft Ooh. for just the rookies because we did it last year. Like we drafted the whole league, but from here on out, we're just only drafting rookies. So who you, who are you taking? I don't want to say because I know a couple of people in the league. <laughs> I usually, tried, I tried to bait you into it. Usually listen about this time. I tried to bait you and into it. And it's funny because one of them is trying to trade for a couple of my picks in the first round. Oof! Because I have the one hundred eight and the one hundred nine. Such a such a rough life. I know, right? So my weekend. Not that you asked, but. <laughs> Uh, no one cares. Right. <laughs> Clearly. No. My my weekend. Um, for, so for Cinco de Mayo, I, I'm trying to decide if I'm going to be a good son and go to my mom's play tonight or if I'm going to go later in the weekend. The fact that you're contemplating this is... Well, I could go later in the weekend. There's a play tonight, a play tomorrow, and a play Sunday. So like, I, I don't have to go tonight, but I probably will. I, I don't know. But The way you the, worded that was so poor. For the weekend... Grilling steaks tomorrow because okay. today is my brother's birthday. So mm-hmm. happy birthday to the bro! Uh, Tuesday is my dad's birthday, so we're doing like a joint birthday dinner for both of them. Grilling some steaks. And that's be- that's what we did last weekend because my niece and my one of my older sisters had their birthday Monday and yesterday. And I'll be out at Cajun softball tomorrow. That is now at twelve o'clock instead of two o'clock, but. Previewing the weekend, we, we talked about Cajun softball. Cajun's baseball is getting ready to get underway with ULM over in Monroe. McNeese softball, they come in at 38-14, and 18-3 and three in the Southland Conference. They are they are on the road for a doubleheader today with Houston Christian. First game currently underway. Uh, second game coming up shortly at 6 o'clock. McNeese leads three to nothing in the top of the sixth over in Houston. Again, second game at six o'clock, and then they will finish that series tomorrow at twelve before they host the 
Southland Conference Tournament at Joe Miller Field at Cowgirl Diamond next week. McNeese Baseball, three-game set at home this weekend with Lamar. They're getting ready to get underway at 6 o'clock, Saturday at 6, and Sunday at 1. The Battle of the Border. There was a This was a three-year hiatus with this series, but now it is returning and beginning at Joe Miller Ballpark tonight at 6, tomorrow at 6, and Sunday at 1. The last time these two teams played, the Cowboys won the series two games to one in Lake Charles. This past weekend, McNeese dropped two out of three at Incarnate Word while Lamar swept their series with Southeastern. So both of these teams looking to get or McNeese is looking to get back on the winning ways while Lamar is looking to continue what they did a weekend ago. Grant Rogers will go for McNeese tonight. 9-0 on the season with a 2.09 ERA. He will get his usual Friday start. Saturday and Sunday have not been determined yet for Justin Hill's group. Uh, Bryson Hudgens returned to the mound for the first time in 409 days last weekend after Tommy John's surgery. He threw one inning and didn't allow a run. He struck out one as well. He will see limited action either Saturday or Sunday this weekend. Again, LSU baseball getting ready to take on Auburn pregame at 5.30 with the voice of the Tigers, Chris Blair. And again, you can catch it right here on the game. James, what are your expectations for this series you know how do the tigers sweep the tigers is it a two out of three scenario what is your expectation i think it ends up being a two out of three i like we say that this is going to be a high scoring affair more likely than not but yeah watching ends up being four two on average most of the series but i'm i'm thinking it i'm i'm taking lsu two out of three I, I, it very easily could be three altogether but i think the way you saw Auburn play last weekend, and they got two out of three over number two South Carolina, it's going to be a tough matchup. Could They could be riding high, a little too high for themselves, but I think the Plainsmen, Warhawk, Eagle things. <laughs> you <laughs> Continue. I, I just ultimately will take the Tigers in this one. <laughs> this I'm taking guy's, LSU. This guy said the Tiger, War Eagle, Plainsmen things. Whatever you want to call yourself they, at this point. Look, they have an identity crisis. It's okay. Meanwhile, LSU softball will be in Baton Rouge for a top 15 series with number 11, Georgia, tonight at 6.30, tomorrow at 3, and Sunday at 1. This is their final regular season series before the SEC tournament next week in Fayetteville, Arkansas. LSU baseball, look, I'll give my piece. I think they're also going to go two out of three. I think they win tonight with Skeens on the bump. I think they win tomorrow with Ty Floyd on the mound. Which would be interesting since they're moving their Friday pitcher to tomorrow. Correct. And then, and then I think the, I think they drop Sunday. Yeah, like they lose only – it'd probably be like a 8-6 game. Yeah, it, it'll be a close game for sure. Um, but I, I think they take two out of three. I wouldn't be surprised if I saw a sweep. But I'm just not going to say flat out, oh, they're going to sweep Auburn. Auburn's too good offensively to just be counted out like that. Earlier, you brought up uh, off the air, you brought up Nick Foles getting released. Is he done? Is his career over or, or does he does he land somewhere? Pretty damn close. Do you, do you think he lands somewhere? I think someone maybe picks him up in the middle of the season, but I don't see anybody at this point 
saying, hey, Nick Foles, we'd love to have you as a great addition for depth to our QB room. Anthony Richardson, Gardner Minshew, Sam Ellinger. Who starts week one? Well, they've been talking about Anthony Richardson starting week one right away, which scares me. Yeah, you think? Um, I think you need to start the Mississippi mud flap, but that's just me. The Mississippi mud flap. You didn't know that's what? Oh, I've I've heard it. I'm I'm just a little embarrassed that you brought it out. Oh, it's that thing is glorious. So as as we kind of start to wrap up today's show, so who is your final who is your final pick for the Kentucky Derby? Who are you? What horse are you taking? I'm gonna go Angel of Empire. Angel of Empire. Yeah, I mean six to one. That's just that that's too nice of odds. Um, <laughs> feels too nice. It, it feels too good. Uh, Forte would just be the easy pick. Tappet Trice would also feel just feels like an easy pick. Um, and I'm not going to pick the same horse as you. I'm cheering for confidence game because the trainer's from Maurice, right? But I'm not going to pick the same horse as you. So I'm going to say Angel of Empire uh, wins the Kentucky Derby. Also, haven't talked about it much today. The Wells Fargo Championship going on right now in Charlotte, North Carolina at Quail Hollow. Tyrell Hatton is in a three-way tie for first at eight under with Wyndham Clark and Nate Lashley. Xander Shoffley close behind at seven under. $20 million is the total purse, so a ton of money on the line here at Quail Hollow. And by the way, they're just two weeks away from the next major, the PGA Championship, taking place at Oak Hill. I want to take this time to thank our guest today, Dusty Thibodeau, for coming on to preview the ULM Warhawks. Tyler Batiste, the managing editor of the Athletic NBA, joining us to talk the NBA playoffs. And of course, Jake Crane, joining us each and every Friday for Jake's Takes. Come back on Monday. After a great weekend of sports, we'll recap it all and get you set for softball conference tournaments next week. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well, give a hug to your mom and them. Have a safe and happy Cinco de Mayo weekend, and we're back on Monday, 4 to 6. Same station right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Let's throw it over to Plainsman Park now in Auburn, Alabama, for the voice of the Tigers, Chris Blair.